welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. And the quote of the day, rain falls because the clouds can no longer handle its weight, just like tears fall because the heart cannot handle the pain. And that quote was found in a group of quotes called Broken Love. Oftentimes we get questions as to why a loved one would need an autopsy or Sometimes people will ask me, is my husband going to get an autopsy because uh, I kind of want to know why he died? And there's other questions like, well, if they died in a car wreck, does that automatically mean that they need to be in an autopsy? And so today we're going to talk about autopsies. We're also going to be talking a little bit about medical examiners and how they play into how autopsies are done. The funeral home and what is our role during an autopsy. And we'll try to answer some of those questions because that is probably, you know, when people watch TV, they think, oh, everybody gets an autopsy. Or they think that, you know, there's a great big morgue somewhere that we go down and we roll them out of the side of a, you know, of a big drawer. That's not how it is in most towns across the United States. Now, maybe in Chicago and Houston, that would be the case. That's not the case. So let's talk a little bit about that. First off, let's talk about a medical examiner. What does a medical examiner do? And I would like to let you know that in the future, we are going to be having a special podcast with an interview with a medical examiner so that we can go into a little bit more depth. But basically, a medical examiner, there are in every state, there's different levels of medical examiners. There's what's called a deputy medical examiner, and then there are a medical examiner who has a medical license. The deputy medical examiner, and sometimes they call them the coroner, that type of thing, they will be somebody who has had some training in investigation, and they can come to a scene like a car wreck or maybe maybe a murder, or maybe a place where a person was found, they will do an initial investigation in the area, and then they will release the body, the decedent, to the funeral home. And they're the ones that call us and have the funeral home come to the scene and take the person into our care. What a deputy medical examiner cannot do is they cannot determine and put on a death certificate the actual cause of death. Now, they'll do investigations. They'll do pictures. They might come to the funeral home or in larger cities. They'll go to the medical examiner's office where they do have those big drawers and things where they keep people. But in our case, in Lincoln County, the morgue, so to speak, is our funeral home. And we are the place that have the coolers that we place decedents in. And so the medical 
the, the deputy, deputy medical examiner, uh, possibly detectives from the Oregon State Police, or maybe if it was in town, you know, and it might come from Newport Police Department, or sometimes there's cases where they have other law enforcement agencies involved, but the deputy medical examiner or the medical examiner will come to the funeral home and they will actually do a review. We'll, we'll look at, we'll, we'll do what's called drawing of tox, no, toxins. So they'll actually go in with needles and they'll draw blood out and they will place them in a tube. The other thing they'll do is they may take what's called vitreous from the eyes and draw the vitreous and put it in a tube. They also might draw urine, you know, for a urinalysis. And they take that urine and they'll put that in a tube. And in our case, that gets sent to the state medical examiner. And they will do the pathogens. They'll, take, they'll go through and they'll check to see a cause of death based on possibly an overdose. Maybe there's a lot of uh, some extra oxycotton or something that's, that's missing. And they find that in their bloodstream. They might look if a person was driving under the influence and they're deceased, and they would take the urine, and they would do a urinalysis and decide whether or not the person was intoxicated or not, or under the influence of some other sort of drugs. And that's the medical examiner's purpose. They are the ones that release, so they do the determination of whether there should be an autopsy done. And the county medical examiner which is in our case in Lincoln County, our doctor, Dr. Frazier, will determine by looking at medical history, looking at condition of the body, you know, the cause of death, maybe if it's a, an auto accident, maybe the person passed away from a blunt force trauma, you know, and they can determine that, that that was the cause of death. If in the case of a suicide, maybe somebody took some drugs, the, the toxicology report will determine whether that was the cause of death. If there is a person that maybe committed suicide and used a handgun or something, this is where it gets kind of tricky and people ask questions They're like, well, but maybe they were drunk or maybe they were, you know, uh, under the influence of something. Well, that might have contributed to the cause of death, but it's not the actual cause of death. And yes, the person may have pulled the trigger, but that's still not the cause of death. The cause of death would be the bullet traveling into the body and killing the individual. And that would be the cause of death. Now, the funeral home does not determine cause of death. And on a death certificate, the funeral home has no control over what is placed on a death certificate for the cause of death. And a lot of times we get people calling saying, I don't want that on there, that type of thing. Well, that goes, that's the determination of the medical examiner, and they're the ones that place the cause of death uh, down on the death certificate. So now we're kind of come full circle back to the question, when is there an autopsy? If... And there's a lot of different reasons, but if we cannot determine the medical examiner, the detectives, everybody that's there, 
doing the investigation, if they cannot determine cause of death by examination, uh, you know, an external examination where they're looking at the neck and the back and, you know, those types of things, if they can't determine a cause of death from there, then there will be an autopsy. Now, there's two different kinds of an autopsy. There's an autopsy that the state will perform, and we take a person to the state medical examiner here in Oregon. There's a couple different places in Oregon that, that, that that's done. In our particular case, we drive up towards Portland, and outside of Portland, there's Clackamas, and there's a state medical examiner there, and that's where we take all of our decedents when there's a need for an autopsy. And the state medical examiner will perform that autopsy. And then it's their call as to what the cause of death is. And they many times can quickly find by going in and doing an autopsy. And there's different types of autopsies, but a lot of times there's what they call a full autopsy. There's also partial autopsies, depending on what's needed. And they'll go through and determine the cause of death. A lot of families need to understand that if there is going to be an autopsy done, there needs to be an autopsy repair done after or post-autopsy, after the autopsy. And that's because they will take the organs out. Uh, so they do open up the chest and they take out organs and look that, so that they can determine cause of death. Many, many times they uh, actually cut into the head and they remove the calvarium, which is the bowl type of shape on the top of your head. And they take the brain out and they look at the brain many in many cases. And so in that particular case, we would be putting things back together and, and sewing the calvarium back into the skull, uh, I mean into the head, and you would that would be, need to be done before there can be a viewing after an, a full autopsy. A lot of times because a it's the local county medical examiner can determine cause of death based on medical history, you know, interviewing witnesses, and that type of thing, many times they come up with a cause of death and the family says, I don't think that that's the reason. I think there's something else. There's more suspicious causes, that type of thing. If the state, if the county medical examiner turns that over to the state and does a request for an autopsy, and the state turns it down, then the family can try to appeal and they can try to push and, re and absolutely request it to be done. But if the state medical examiner says, I don't want to do it, then the, and that's, and those, and the reason that a lot of families will request that is because it's a free autopsy essentially to the family to determine cause of death. But if the state says, no, we have plenty of evidence as to why the person passed away, then the family does have the right to request a private autopsy. Now, why would you request a private autopsy? Well, a few things. If there is a monetary result based on the autopsy, for example, maybe a person had a life insurance policy and 
they just bought this life insurance policy and it's only been in the first or second year that they've had this policy, they're in, in a lot of life insurance policies, it says that if somebody passes away in the first two years, that you don't get the full face value of the insurance policy. Well, maybe they need to determine that it was natural causes and not suicide, that type of thing. There is the right to have a private autopsy. Now, in the state of Oregon, there's only a couple doctors, and I should say surgeons, that perform private autopsies. Uh, but we can certainly do that. And we've done it many times in our funeral home where we have a Dr. Fletcher or another surgeon comes to our funeral home. Uh, now, the family pays them directly so that there is a cost. And the costs will range anywhere from, you know, a couple thousand to sometimes five, six thousand dollars. And that's if you have to fly somebody in from California or down from Washington, that type of thing. But we, they can do a private autopsy. Uh, they go to our prep room where we do our embalming and our, our body prep work. And they'll use, uh, they essentially, that, that surgeon rents our prep room and they perform the autopsy right there in our prep room. And then usually within a week or so or a couple weeks, the final cause of death based on that autopsy is known. And then that surgeon and the medical examiner and that type of stuff, they all talk. And then they determine what's going to be put on that death certificate. Now, there's an awful lot of other stuff that goes on that I don't know, and those would be the things that you would want to check back and see if we have our special interview that we're going to have with a deputy medical examiner and, and hopefully our county medical examiner here. So make sure you check back in to see some of the reasons, other reasons that I'm not quite sure uh, are needed, but that is uh, gives you some ideas about autopsies. There's a couple other, you know, there's a couple more reasons that come to mind. If a person, you know, most of the time, if a person passes away in a facility, the cause of death is known. And when I say facility, it's a hospital or that type of thing. Again, though, this is where if the family disputes the cause of death, like maybe they were undergoing a surgery and they passed away during surgery. And the family believes that maybe it was negligence or that type of thing. You know, the county doesn't get involved in that because they passed away in a facility. Usually the main reasons a medical examiner is going to get involved in is if there's going to be like a car wreck, like some sort of an accident. There was a murder. There was a, an unattended person who they find that's passed away. That's when the medical examiner in the area gets involved. And those, those are most of the reasons why those get involved. If they pass away in a facility, like a hospital facility, that type of thing, the medical examiner doesn't even get involved. And that's where people also get a little bit confused because I want an autopsy, and I know that the state can do an autopsy. Well, that's true, but it's in those other reasons. The state does not get involved at all if somebody passes away in a facility because there's plenty of doctors and there's plenty of nurses and medical practitioners that are there that would know the cause of death and, and can, can determine that. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight as to why uh, an autopsy would be required. One of the last things that you would want to know as far as uh, what to expect, 
an autopsy and all of the reporting and that type of thing and the, and the term, determination of cause of death, that can range, uh, and it depends on your state, but that can range from maybe a couple quick weeks because it's pretty straightforward and maybe the medical examiner is not that busy, upwards of sometimes months before you finally get a final death certificate that has the cause of death and the manner of death on it. So that way they know, you would know, it'll it'll say on the death certificate, at least in the state of Oregon, it'll have like a natural cause of death, that type, or manner of death, excuse me, it'll say like natural, was there an autopsy performed, yes or no, and then it will have a whole section there that can, that can give you, this is the cause of death, and then there'll be some contributing factors that are listed below it. So for example, maybe a person passed away from kidney failure, and that's going to be the first thing listed is kidney failure. And then the second and third and fourth underneath, you know, for contributing causes might say diabetes, you know, and it might say years, maybe eight, nine years. And then and the next line down might say hypertension, you know, which is, you know, high blood pressure. And that might have two or three or four years. And those types of things will be listed underneath that as well. And that's what you get presented now. And I do want to really quick talk about there's a long form and a short form death certificate. If you order a short form death certificate, it's not going to have any of that listed. It's just going to have the signature by the doctor and that's it. And those are what you would take to the bank and that kind of stuff because they don't need to know all that medical information. But if you have a long form, and that would be like a life insurance policy, that type of thing, it will have all of that medical information listed there, uh, and that might be what's needed in order to be able to get the life insurance policy. That might be what's needed for a child you know, to be able to receive uh, Social Security benefits from a mom or a dad passing away, that type of thing. But yeah, it can take up to, in some cases, months because they're waiting for the toxicology to come back as well as having to perform the autopsy and looking at the two results to make sure that there's they have a pretty good idea what happened. Hopefully that gives you a good insight into autopsies and medical examiners and their lives and, and why an autopsy would be needed, because I'll tell you, I do get that question at least once a week myself, and hopefully that helps. In every podcast, we always take a moment to remember all the families that are experiencing a loss and light a virtual candle in their memory. And especially during this time of COVID, we're going to take a moment and pause and remember them. This has been The Last Track. I'm Brian Norris, and you can find out more about Bateman Funeral Home at our website, batemanpacificview.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. If you have any feedback or have a question about today's episode, please 
leave us a comment. You're welcome to give us a call, 541-265-2751. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure to listen to the other two podcasts in this trilogy, Unexpected Deaths on how to have a funeral for someone who died by suicide unexpectedly, and Planning After an Unexpected Death. Coming up is How to Talk About Death. Thank you very much.